I think if you're going into a leadership role, one thing that you can do, whether you think you're a natural leader or not, is just to make the decision that I'm going to take this responsibility seriously and I'm going to do some work to be the best leader that I can be because a lot of the attributes of a good leader are really just skills that can be learned and improved on. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest, and he became an expert in leadership. And I think we can all use help in leadership. He's going to go through some, I mean, it seems simple, but there are blind spots for myself and for many or most people. Uh, he's going to help us to think through those. And even as we are in leadership positions, we need to be able to see other rising leaders as well. And we, we don't need to believe that, hey, we can't become one ourselves, but you can. You can learn these skills uh, that he lays out today. His name is Darren Krakovic. He spent 20 years in commercial real estate based in Australia and Korea with firms such as CBRE and JLL. He now owns and operates the CRE Success Platform, where he works with commercial real estate leaders to develop their people and grow their business. He also equips industry professionals with proven client attraction and retention systems so they can save time, earn more, and be top performers in their market. I know you are going to become a better leader after listening to Darren and I today. Good morning, Darren. Welcome to the show. Happy to meet you and have you on. I know just from from your experience, you're going to add a ton of value uh, in our space uh, to the listeners today. Uh, give us a little more about that, though. Who are you? Or, you know, tell us a little bit about the business you've grown and, and the people you're helping now. And let's dive in. Great. I've been in business for about two years. I'm based in Melbourne, Australia. And for 12 years of my commercial real estate career, I was based in Seoul, South Korea. So that's something a little bit different about me. I was sent out out there by JLL in 2007. And I ended up switching from JLL to CBRE while I was over there and I had a bunch of different leadership opportunities that I probably wouldn't have gotten if I just stayed here in Melbourne. So that was an amazing opportunity. And when I came back to Melbourne in 2019, I noticed that there was, in my opinion, a bit of a gap when it comes to leadership capability in the industry, but also role models and people who are serving the industry from a training and development perspective. So I saw a lot of people doing that in residential real estate in this part of the world, but not really in commercial. I know in the United States and in North America, you do have plenty of people doing commercial real estate training and coaching. It doesn't really exist in this part of the world. So I thought there's a gap and that's something I can do to to serve people and to make a meaningful contribution. So I started up this business in 2020 and we've been going for a couple of years now. It's called CRE Success. And you know my main focus is to help commercial real estate leaders with developing their people and also growing their business. Love that. And we can all use help in that space, uh, to say the least. I know I can. We're always trying to improve that. And uh, I love how even before we started, you were talking about creating that environment that helps others succeed and learning how to be that kind of leader. Uh, get us started a little bit. I know you said you were given many opportunities in, you know, when you transitioned there. Uh, so help us see that a little bit. What helped you to grow in your leadership abilities? Uh, and then let's help the listeners and myself do the same. I think one thing that helped me grow, one point in time in particular was when I was put through a leadership assessment, which included a 360. And a 360 is a process that sometimes corporates do where they'll ask your peers 
people above you, people below you, and people external to the organization just to provide some feedback about how they perceive you. And I got some pretty brutal feedback in that moment that included that I was pretty bad tempered and that I was seen as arrogant. That was a bit of a wake up call for me that if that's the way people saw me, then perhaps I needed to make some changes. And I did. And once I started focusing more on those areas, I started to do a lot better with my interpersonal skills, with leading others, helping them be better, and also being a more effective leader. And I was you know, continually given more responsibility uh, up to the point where I was uh, leading a business with 300 people. So that was a real sort of inflection point for me, understanding what my blind spots were and actually getting to work on them. I think if you're willing to do a little bit of introspection, or if someone sort of comes and hits you in the head like they did with me and tells you exactly what's wrong with you, although they didn't tell me everything, they told me a few things, then that can be a really great opportunity for you to work on some things that can help you be the best leader that you can be so you can help others to be the best that they can be. Wow. That's hard to hear. You're receiving that feedback. I wonder, was that anonymous or was it not? How many people you know, would that have, have been? Um, it was anonymous feedback. And you know, I'm probably being a little bit hard on myself as I'm recounting the story now. They were the two consistent things that came through. They would say something like, you know, what's something that Darren needs to work on? And you know, maybe the answer was his temper, question mark. Uh, or other people may have said, oh, you know, he's good, but he knows he's good. That's basically arrogance, right? So that was something that I needed to dial back a bit. And probably the three A's that I needed to work on was uh, my arrogance. It was my anger management, but also alcohol. But no one warned me about my alcohol. I had to learn the hard way about my drinking and I don't drink anymore. I have been without alcohol for two years. So it was kind of hard to see, but it was anonymous as well. So uh, I couldn't actually track down the people that say, I can't believe that you said this. They were protected by the process. That's great. It's great that you were able to receive that feedback and do something about it, right? That it was constructive and it built you better, right? It helped you to change. Speak to just receiving that. I can see many people are, I mean, being very angry, right? Receiving feedback like that, you know, speak to being able to be willing and humble, I guess, which is so difficult, right? To hear things like that. How were you able to do that at the time? It's very difficult to argue with when it's there in black and white and it's coming from a range of sources. So I think you need to be willing to accept it. And probably the company, I can't remember exactly how they sort of prepared us for the feedback, but they probably let us know that, hey, you're going to see some things in this report that probably don't put you in the most fluttering light. Be open, receptive to that and, you know, be prepared for it. And certainly my 360, as I took on more leadership responsibility, I saw way more brutal 360s than mine was. So I've seen some shockers. So it wasn't really that bad. I took it okay. I took it on board. I saw it as a, as a learning and growth opportunity. And what was really good was when I did another 360 a few years later, when I'd moved organizations and looking at those key areas, when it came to anger management, for example, the worst thing that somebody said was, we can tell when he's upset because of the look on his face. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's real progress because they're not saying that I'm like a, an anger management crazy person, um, for lack of a better term, just that we can see when he's upset. And I'm like, well, I'm human, right? If I'm not throwing things and yelling or swearing or anything, um, but you can just see on my face that I'm a little bit uncomfortable with what's going on, then I've made real progress from where I was. I was happy to hear that. Yeah, you know, it's incredible. I love the 360 thought process and creating that path for other people around you to provide feedback and honestly, I think this could be so helpful. I speak to now, you know, like helping us create that environment like that. 
you know, where other people were helping other people on the team succeed and were just leading in that way. Uh, how do you advise people to do that now? And maybe some issues that you see often in our space? I think we don't always have the opportunity to have a 360 assessment done, but given we spent a bit of time talking about that, I would say one thing that you can do is just have a think about, well, how is it that others are seeing me and what is it that they're likely to advise me to do more of, to do less of, to start doing and to stop doing? So that's simple framework, more, less, start, stop, and thinking about the type of advice that you'd be getting from someone who has your best interests at heart can be some good things to think about. Now, you may not be able to pick up all of the things that they may say, but if you start thinking about other people's perception of you, that's going to be a good place to start. At the same time, leadership is not a popularity contest, so I don't think that you should be necessarily trying to do things that are going to make you well-liked. It's more about being respected and doing taking on the responsibility of the role. And one problem that I've identified in commercial real estate, but but I think it's a common problem throughout a lot of industries, particularly sales-based industries, is that a lot of people who are put into leadership positions are given that responsibility as a reward for their high performance, as opposed to them showing an inclination towards wanting to take on that responsibility or demonstrating a capability to be able to perform in that role. And I think often people take on the role because they think, well, it's a bigger offers, it's a bigger title, it's a bigger commission check or a profit share. And, you know, I've been here so many years, it's my right, that's the natural progression of things. But they don't necessarily stop and think, well, hang on, is this what I want? And is this what's best for me? And is this what's best for people around me? And I think if you're going into a leadership role, one thing that you can do, whether you think you're a natural leader or not, is just to make the decision that I'm going to take this responsibility seriously and I'm going to do some work to be the best leader that I can be because a lot of the attributes of a good leader are really just skills that can be learned and improved on. I think making the decision to be the best leader that you can be and to have a think about how it is you're perceived, some things that you can do in order to give yourself the best shot at being effective in a role that requires leadership. What are some of those characteristics that you see in someone that you want to promote to leadership? What are some of those things that would help you recognize that? Not just because they've been there the longest, like you mentioned. What, what do you see in that person? I think that they would be someone who role models the desired behaviors that we want to see in the organization. They probably embody the values that the organization says that they are looking to espouse. I think the elements of emotional intelligence are really important. So having an understanding of yourself and understanding of others, having self-control over your actions, self-awareness of how you're perceived, motivation to continue to strive for more, being willing to and able to articulate the big picture, to see things from all angles, not just from your own perspective, to have empathy. There are a few things that I think would be that I'd be looking for from a leader as opposed to someone who can necessarily, um, you know, just hit certain benchmarks in terms of performance in their previous role. I'd be looking at a lot more of those sort of soft skills in order to, for me, to believe that someone is well-suited to a, a broader leadership role. That's a great list. I tried to get those down. So I love that. But do you believe that you mentioned a little bit earlier, but people can be a natural 
leader or, or do you feel like it's more times than not, it's a learned skill, you know, or someone's taking action on self-improvement or are some people just more natural than others? I think some people are more natural than others, but I think everyone can be better at it if they decide to. And I believe that an unnatural leader can be a better leader than a natural leader. If a natural leader doesn't have any intention or decision to be a good leader and a person who's perhaps not as predisposed to leadership actually decides that, hey, this is something that I want to get good at. Yes, there are natural leaders, but that doesn't in itself mean that you're going to be a good leader. I think it's more about the intent and the decision to, you know, leadership is not about you. It's about the people you lead. And so if you're willing to take on that responsibility and also make part of your career and part of your role about other people, then that's going to go a long way to making you a a better leader than just having some of those attributes, which people associate with, you know, strong or, or natural leadership. What is Agent Ignite? Are you wondering how you can make more money and create a competitive advantage for yourself and your clients in this ever-competitive real estate industry? Agent Ignite is the key to furthering your knowledge, establishing your expertise, and positioning yourself as a go-to expert. They deliver new and relevant knowledge so you can expand your clientele, close more deals, and ultimately increase income. Each month features a new guest speaker who will deliver on what is most relevant for your business. As a member of DMAR's Market Trends Committee, an avid champion for building wealth through real estate, and a self-proclaimed data geek, Nicole will share market trends and commentary that will add value to you and your clients. Staying up to date on industry statistics coupled with niche topics delivered by industry experts will help you motivate your buyers and sellers and make you more money. Sign up for the next Agent Ignite session at theruthteam.com slash events. That's T-H-E-R-U-E-T-H team.com forward slash events. Love that. You just said being a leader, it's not about you. It's about the people you're leading. That tells you a lot about if someone's going to be a good leader or not, I believe, right? It's how they interact with everyone, like you're talking about so much. And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, do they exhibit your role, your core values and emotional intelligence, self-control, those things. And, you know, you and I talked briefly before we started recording too, you know, just like the way you relate to others and will ultimately determine uh, your success. Uh, elaborate on that a little bit. And obviously it's what we're talking about too, as being a leader, right? But go a little more in depth about that. I think if if you're a commercial real estate agent, if you're an investor, people want to see people succeed if they like that person. If they don't like that person, they're not cheering you on from the sidelines. Now, again, that doesn't mean that you have to be the most liked person, but I think being friendly and cooperative and likable can go a long way to making others more predisposed to want to help you, or at least to not be inclined to deliberately go out of the way to be unhelpful. So understanding the importance of people skills and being that type of person that other people want to see succeed, or at least are happy to see succeed. Like if you're that person who is going to be promoted into a role and then there's going to be an uproar because you've been promoted into that role, then you're going to have difficulties continuing to get promoted and you're continuing to advance in your organization. If you're an agent or an investor and some people just don't feel like they want to give you a leg up, then they will look for reasons and ways to sort of not include you in the process, or at least they'll be favoring other people who they can prefer to deal with because they sort of like dealing with that other person better. So, you know, people are people, right? People want to deal with others 
who make them feel comfortable and who they have some affinity to. So it's important, I think, even if you're not naturally a people person, to at least put some effort and intention behind the way that you relate with others. And probably that's something that even though I'm an extrovert, being likable and agreeable and cooperative is something that doesn't necessarily come naturally to me. So it's something that I've had to work a little bit harder at in order to make sure that people are happy to refer me work, that people are happy to recommend me or write me a testimonial or to continue to work with me. I want to make sure that there's nothing on the personal side of interacting with me that would stop people from doing that. And if I'm doing that and I'm you know, doing work to the best of my ability and making sure that I'm doing what I'm what I say I will do and I'm delivering what I promise to deliver, then you know, unless someone's just way better than me, then there's not really any reason why I I can't be successful. Give the listeners uh, and I some of those actionable steps maybe that would help us that you could say, okay, today you can start doing these, this thing or two things or three, whatever it is that would help us to work our way to becoming a better leader. And, you know, for not only ourselves, but obviously for the people we lead, right? Our, our teams that we have on board right now. So I think understanding from a leadership perspective, a few things I ask people that I'm working with to understand is where are we going? Why are we going there? And how will we know when we've arrived? So just having a clear idea about sort of where you want to take things, a pathway towards getting there in terms of, you know, how you're going to get there and why it matters, right? So it has to be more than just making money. There needs to be a bit of a story behind it to motivate people and to bring people along in the journey. And then how will we know that we'll get there is just the benchmarks. And it's just how are we going to measure success? Well, we'll know we'll get there when we've done this or when we're starting to attract this type of client or when we've achieved this level of production or revenue. So I think being able to know where you want to go, to understand why it matters and communicate that with others is a really sort of important thing from a leadership perspective. I forget what the other part of the question was though, Whitney, so apologies if I... You know, it's just some actionable steps for us to improve our leadership skills today for the listener and myself to benefit us and, and our, our entire team. I think probably understanding emotional intelligence as well. So understanding how you're perceived by others, thinking about the way that other people see you and the way that your behavior impacts others is, is really important. And that's all about, you know, empathy. It's about controlling your behaviors to make sure that you're not impacting other people in a negative way. So it's self-control, it's self-awareness, it's empathy. It's, it's those sort of elements of emotional intelligence. Can you speak to a time when maybe your uh, your leadership was questioned or challenged in some way and how, how to handle that? Yeah, so probably about less than a year into my tenure at CBRE, and this was in, in South Korea, which is a very hierarchical culture. And I took on that role when I was 35 years old. People in the industry and people who older than me had issues with the fact that I was in that role. And uh, I guess I did still have the reputation of being a bit of a hothead, even though I had done some work on my own sort of anger management, but I was still seen as quite an aggressive person and maybe someone who was too aggressive and, you know, we need to do things in a different way in career and that's not the right style and, and whatever. And I guess a lot of people who weren't happy with the fact that I had been given that position were still looking for ways to agitate me and looking to see if they could poke and prod me to see if they could get a rise out of me. And for the most part, I didn't give them that opportunity. But I remember there was 
one occasion where I was in a meeting and somebody wasn't listening and I indicated to them that I wanted them to listen to the conversation with a little bit more focus and that person didn't follow my instructions or my request and you know I got quite angry at them and I let my, you know, I, I swore at them, which is probably not something that you would do in Korea. I think in a, in a Western culture, if your boss swore at you, it wouldn't be the, the end of the world. But in Korea, it's, oh God, he swore at us. And like, so it was this big thing. And, you know, they made a complaint and all of this sort of stuff. And I think outside of Korea, my boss was like, what's this about? Who cares? Like, but I could actually see what the bigger deal was because probably it was something that typically a boss wouldn't do. And it probably was what they were looking for in terms of what they'd heard about me or what they thought was their problem with me. So I, I really did let myself down by giving them that rise. But I think it was also the little bit of, you know, it sort of broke some of the tension. Like I think something sort of had to boil to the surface. And funnily enough, after that incident, things got a lot better. That was the thing that kind of brought us all a bit closer together in a way because, you know, we sort of had it out a bit and then we moved forward and achieved some really great things. So that's the one that comes to mind. Although I've never told that story before. So I apologize if it wasn't a very clear story as I was telling it. Uh, it's just interesting to hear. And, and it's great that you learned, you you know, grew from that. Uh, and hopefully we can all do that as those things happen because they're they're bound to. You know, shifting gears a little bit, Darren, you know, just with your experience in commercial real estate and obviously you working with numerous people in this industry now, uh, do you have any predictions or, you know, any thoughts on just the current market and, and where what you see happening today or what you expect over the next, say, six to 12 months? Well, I think in terms of leadership, I think we're less likely to see people who are not interested in leadership leadership or just in who have been in organizations for a long time, given that responsibility. I think that commercial real estate organizations are much more likely to reflect what's going on in other industries and have more of a focus on a people-focused leadership approach. So I think that's likely to, to be something that we'll see. I think that commercial real estate as an industry, in my opinion, is a little bit of a dinosaur and a little bit of a laggard in some ways in terms of the culture and in terms of diversity and representation. It's probably a little bit better in Australia than it is uh, from what I've heard in North America. But still, it's if you get out of the big firms, once you're not in the big firms, it's still generally, uh, you know, one shade of colour and one gender that is fairly well represented in commercial real estate. So I think that will continue to change though. And I think maybe it's not a year, but I think that commercial real estate over time will start to more accurately reflect what's going on in the rest of the population because it will need to, because commercial real estate is something that more and more people from an investment side are getting into, particularly as you know, residential becomes a less attractive investment vehicle for some people because of a, a range of reasons. And I think more people will be looking at other opportunities and that will include commercial and that will create opportunities for different people to be able to serve clients in the marketplace. So yeah, the two things I would say is more of a focus on leadership and, and leadership being a core competency within organizations, more of a focus on some modern things like technology, personal branding, but also you know some of the things that we value more in in modern society, like diversity, for example. What about some daily habits that you have, Darren, that you are disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? So I, I don't do this recently, but one I used to like doing, and that's just because I'm a bit more chilled out because you know I'm getting a little bit older. But when I was a man in a hurry on a mission, I used to like listening to, I'm still that person, but you know, just a little bit more chilled. One thing I used to like doing was um, I would record my goals. I'd record them on my phone and then I'd listen to them every day. And I'd also have them in my calendar calendar 
as a reminder that would pop up every day and I would just be reminded of, you know, these are the sort of things that I'm working towards. I think that's a really good thing to do. Other people like to put post-it notes up, you know, whether it's, you know, on your fridge or on your bathroom mirror somewhere where you're going to see it every day, just so you can remind yourself of what's important. It's a good way just to remind your mind about what matters, right? The other one is just, you know, a bit of daily exercise to sort of, I think that's good for your mental health and for your physical health is to, you know, remain active and to to be as healthy as you can be. It, it's still relevant, I think, to the question you asked. Yeah, no, all those things play a role together, uh, no doubt about it. And Darren, how do you like to give back? How do I like to give back? I guess, well, you know, I became a, a father for um, the first time two years ago. So that's had a, a very big impact on my life. And that's probably one of the reasons why I'm a little bit of a less intense person when it comes to my professional goals. Uh, it's because being a father has had a, a big change on my perspective of life. So at the moment, you know, my giving back is, you know, supporting my wife and my daughter and, you know, being the best father and the being the best parent that I can be. That's awesome. Congratulations, by the way. No doubt it's it will change you. I should have said the best husband I can be as well. So I'll just put that in too. That's right. Well, Darren, a pleasure to meet you and have you on the show. It's encouraging to hear your story and how you were placed in leadership, You know how you received that, that 360 assessment and how that changed you and how that helped you to see issues, right? Uh, and all of us have those blind spots, no doubt about it. I just think it's great how you received that and then decided to change because of that feedback and you became a better leader, right? And then now you're helping many other people to do the same thing. Even the question of, you know, what would others say about me, you know, more or less start, stop. I think that that's great to think through and maybe even ask your team, right? And how you said leadership is not a popularity contest and the characteristics you listed out as well, role model, you know, of our current core values, emotional intelligence, self-control of actions, willingness to strive more and to see things from others' perspective. You've given us a, a great, you know, just groundwork here to see leaders in our organization, but I think also how to help us personally also to think through these things. How can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more about you? I'm going to have to listen back to that because I did say some good stuff, didn't I? I surprised myself sometimes. Look, the best way is to go to CREsuccess.co forward slash links. And on that page, there's a few little downloads that people can grab. There's also a link to my podcast and to my social media. So go there and then see if you'd like to take the next step. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day.